Now, so glad you're here, and uh, we want to share the word. Now, we're busy speaking in the month of April about the process, say process, to promise. Now, you see, uh, we all love God's promises. Whoa, God's promises. But did you know there's a process connected to see the promise manifest in your life? And why many people did not move from promise to manifestation of the promise? They talk about the promises and say, whoa, one day. God said, no, I want to do it now. I've already done it on Calvary. Help me, somebody. Now, he, now, now this is very important. So God wants to do it for you. He's already done it through Jesus Christ. Now, if I can hashtag the title this morning of the process to the promise, then I want to say, don't fight the process. Turn to two, three people, say, don't fight the process. You see, it's because we fight the process. The Bible, that the scripture that we were reading, honor the Lord. But the, 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 how we fight the process, we think we know more or better than the word. And uh, the word is the only instruction because out of Proverbs chapter number 19, uh, there's a powerful, powerful word that says in verse 21, many plans, say many plans. Many plans are in a man's mind. Then the word says comma. Then there's a word but. You see that word? That's not the thing you sit on. That word, but it is the Lord's Adonai, <laughs> the one who deserves preeminence and complete obedience. The first, it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Oh, my word. It's the Lord's purposes that will prevail. Now, you read two things there, plans and purpose. And that's the battle you will have continually in your life where you're going is between plans and purpose. Because plans is an easy way out with really not the full benefit of what the word says. And sometimes that plans leads to destruction. There's a way that seems right, says the same Solomon. But the end of that road leads to death. So I must understand that I must come into the process so that I can receive or operate in the promises. Now, one thing about God, and I'm serving God 52 years, you cannot bend God so that he can adapt to your plans. I need to change. Now, that's a word we hate. Ooh, we hate change. I've been doing this all my life. That's how I was raised. This is our custom. This is our tradition. And that's just how I'm going to do it. This man was catching, catching a fish, and then every fish he got out of the water, he took it to a frying pan, and then he puts it in the frying pan. If the head and the tail was over the frying pan, he took it and threw it back. Now people stood there and think, what crazy fisherman is this? We will keep the big ones. Then he catch another fish, the same story, throw it back. Then he catch a fish that just fit the pan. And he took that. So somebody very curious walked to him and said, sir, we were watching you for a while. Why is it that the big fishes you throw out and the small fishes you keep. He said, because my grandfather did that. I don't know why. He said, and then my father did that. I never asked. He said, now that you ask, I don't know. I just do it because they did it. You see, limited thinking will keep you in bondage and keep you stuck in a rut where you are. Now, the word process means... It's a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. 
That word is also procedure. That means an established or an official way of doing something. No, this is so phenomenal. When you understand, and after we celebrate last weekend, resurrection and Passover of put in writing, my word, that the cross is my operation system. I operate from what happened from the cross. Help me, somebody. The new covenant. That also means the finished work is my total, my total victory. Listen, church, to live, <laughs> hallelujah, in the overflow of God. God has made up his mind about you and me. And he doesn't have second thoughts. Help me, somebody. Now, I want to help you because that you can understand. John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, he made a statement and that I need to discover. He said in chapter 10, verse 10, and he put in writing what Jesus was saying. The promise. I have come. The purpose. He came for a purpose. He didn't just go to the cross to die because Christians want him to die. And then they can say we had a redeemer and a rescuer. Everything in God's DNA is purpose. God created you in his likeness and his image. A process. He gave you complete authority. Genesis chapter 1, 26, amplified. 27, he created man and woman. 28, he blessed them. He blessed them, the process. He blessed them. Then he said, multiply, the process. Multiply. Come on, somebody, subdue. Use the fast resources on the face of the earth, said that scripture, for God first and then for man. You see, we miss the promise and we hate the process because we want a quick fix. Go through Kentucky Fry Parabokis and say, I want uh, a streetwise too. Sir, you need to wait. We wait for a truck to run over two chickens that's going to cross the street. And, and or we stop at McDonald's and say, top it up with a number five and put more chips, French fries, and make the Coke bigger. And everything is boom, 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 boom. Now, your spiritual life is an ongoing, growing process because God's idea about you and me is big. Say, God's got a bigger idea than what I think right now. It's true. It's scripture. Now, John says, I came that you might have life and that you will have that life in abundance, the Zoe of God to the overflow. Now, that John comes and he tells us the starting point. Say the starting point. Because my starting point is important. Every morning, how you start is where you're going to end that day. Nobody live haphazard lives. I don't get up and say, okay, what side is the wind blowing? Now I know that's the direction I'm going. No, no, my week is planned ahead of time because we're so busy. That's the only, that's one letter, the third letter, it's got only one chapter. And listen what he says. And that is so important because what's fighting the process is your mind. That fights the process. He says in that chapter, third letter, one chapter, second verse, Beloved, hear what the scripture call. Turn to somebody, say, you are a beloved. Say, you so beautiful. Tell, brother, first tell your own wife before you tell the neighbor's wife. Say, you so beautiful. Beloved, I pray that you may, that you may be impoverished, be sick, have no hope. Lost faith, just exist, <laughs> just a hurricane survivor. No, beloved, I 
pray that you may prosper in every way, in everything, and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul. That's not the spirit man. That's the mind. That your soul keeps well and prospers. Tell somebody, say, our biggest problem is not the devil or your mother-in-law or the government. It's not your biggest. Your, and my problem is Hosea 4.6 because, because of a lack of knowledge. Knowledge. Not information only. A lack of knowledge. That's why the one translation says, my people perish. The other translation says, they go in captivity. Isaiah chapter 5 used the same scripture. He says, because of a lack of knowledge, my people, God's people. He didn't say the heathen. God's people go into captivity. They, and they cannot serve the priestly uh, office. Because why? It's information that needs to become a revelation until something hits you and it becomes a revelation it will only remain information and medical science prove within 72 hours you will replace every thought with something else so when they bombard your mind again and the president's going to speak the good thoughts you had will be replaced by negative thoughts Help me somebody. Now, 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 let me get to the thing so that we can finish. Because this is the thing. He says, I pray that you will prosper. So it starts in my mind and it starts with choices. Say, it starts in the mind. Because you have a battle all the time in your mind. The Cherokee uh, grandfather shared with his two grandsons he said every person in life have two wolves inside of him a black one and a white one he says and that two wolves keep on fighting continually and these two boys uh, Cherokee little Indian boys were so interested and the one said grandfather which one won if they fight all the time he said, son, the one you feed the most. He was talking about good and evil. He said, the one you feed the most is the one that's going to win. Now, Paul addressed the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 120. And listen what he says about what Jesus did. For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes they answer in him, in Christ. For this reason, we also utter the amen. We say amen. So be it. That's what amen means. So be it. He says, amen. To God through him in his person and by his agency to the glory of God. Do you know that when you inherit the promises of God, it brings glory to the Father. Help me. Now, now, when Paul addressed that, he confirms that there's promises waiting for you. The Hebrew children move out of Egypt. Now they moan and groan and they saw the hand of God, all the miracles. But now the spies went. We're in the book of Numbers now. Numbers 13, 14, 15. And they came back with a negative report. You're either always part of the 10 or the 2. 12 went out. 10 came back negative. They convinced the whole millions of Hebrew children. God said, yes, it's true what we saw. But. But. <laughs> we saw the giants and. Six fingers on each hand and six toes on each feet. And they tall. And two men carry one grapevine. And he said, all those things are true. But we look like 
grasshoppers. In our eyes against them. You first become defeated in your own mind before you become defeated in the devil's mind. Now they came back, they convinced everybody. And Moses said, people, God is angry. God said, no, I'm not angry. You angry. You must represent me to the people. He said, Moses, one time, when I told you to speak to the rock, you did, or hit the rock. Second time, when I said, speak to the rock, you didn't. You must represent me. I honored my word. See, there's a lot of things. God honors his word. Listen, the fact that we are alive, the fact that we can breathe, the fact that we can hear, but you can have all that and be defeated. You can have all the miracles. Be defeated. Because they were defeated. you first a grasshopper in your own mind before you're a grasshopper in your enemy's mind. And then the Lord said, now every word that you said that came before me, I'm going to give you over to your word. So 40 years. For every day that you were there, 40 years. And that you murmur against me. And they back. But now we jump over to the book of Joshua chapter 3. Here they stand at the river Jordan. God said, Joshua, the promised land is just here. The only thing between you and the promises is one decision. A one make-up mind. It's the process. River Jordan, that river was called the place of killing where a lot of people drowned and uh, things went wrong and floods. And the Lord said, this is the instruction. Get each out of each tribe a man. And they're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant through the River Jordan. The River Jordan was in flood. And the Lord said, the moment when you follow the instruction, I will depart the water, the process, so that you can go into your promise. Now, do you think the people were standing at the banks of the River Jordan it's a new generation, but they stood there. Joshua and Caleb and their whole family stood there 40 years prior. They could have had that whole generation the promise 40 years earlier. But because they did not want to follow the process, they delayed it by themselves. And God said, here is the thing I promise you out of my word. For as many as there are promises of God, they are all their yes answer in him, in Christ. Christ paid it. He redeemed us. He made the way. Oh, my word. And that's what God turned to somebody. And I give you permission to speak to somebody. Say, it's time to get into the promise by the process. Say, the promises are mine. <laughs> every chapter, every verse, every line is yours. But it's the process, the excuses, the, the, the reason, the logic we try to work with. And we said, that we haven't done it this way before. God said, Joshua, he turned from a dead Moses to a living Joshua. And he said, be full of courage. Because your promise is in the wrong hands. And you need to take your promise of what's holding it back. Fear, doubt, unbelief will give the devil permission to kill, steal, and to destroy. Now, this is the thing. Your process, and I'm going to close, starts with a choice. Say, my process to my promise starts with a choice. Did you know we're the product of choices we've made in the past? Did you know that? Deuteronomy chapter 30, 15. 
people were reasoning and saying, oh my word, where is this promises? Where is the word of God? And uh, uh, does somebody need to go up in heaven to get it? Or do they need to go overseas to get it? And that is, and verse 11 of chapter 30 says, For this instruction, commandments which I command you this day, is not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. And then in verse uh, 14, But the word, say the word, but the word is very near you. See, where's the word? In your mouth and in your mind and in your heart. Where's the word? In your mouth, in your mind, and in your heart. He says, so that you can do it, the process to the promise. Effort. Effort is a very dangerous thing. Effort and excuses. Listen. Makes it very difficult. Because life slapped you, clap you, people divorce on you, die on you, that you wrong, stole from you. <sighs> Gossip about you. Do all kinds of stuff. And it's actually the devil trying to get one thing out of you the process to the promise turn to somebody say quitting is not an option if you want to live in the fullness of God I didn't say the double portion because the double portion was Elijah Elisha situation God did not the old covenant testament idea you have the fullness The fullness of God is in you. And I'm coming to something very significant. He says, but the word is very near you. He says, in your mouth, in your mind, and in your heart, so that you can do it. See, I have set before you this day. What? Life and good. That's other translations say death. The life and good, or there it said, and death and evil. So God's idea about you is he wants to give you the Zoe life and he wants to give you, I, I don't use the word good, good is the greatest enemy to great, a great life. He put that before you, he said, and death and evil. And then listen what he says, the next thing. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today to have, to, now he tells us how to love God or how to do it. He says, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, then you shall live and multiply. What will you do? You will live and multiply. You will live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land into which you go to possess. But if your mind and your heart turn away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods, serving them, then the curse and death will come upon you. And then the other translation in verse 19 says of that same scripture, I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you. So you have two witnesses, heaven and earth. Heaven is for you. Earth is giving to you to have complete authority and dominion. To rule and reign. It's for you. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, therefore, choose. So I must make the choice. You made a choice to come to church. Some people made a choice not to come. You see, Nobody put a gun to your head and say, Jy gaan tjartoe vanmorgen. God weet, jy gaan tjartoe. You're going to church this morning. Nobody put a gun to your head. That's a choice. It's a good choice. Because life is made out. He says, choose, choose. Says verse 19. Where's we choose? Choose life that you and your descendants may 
Love. <laughs> God doesn't want you to be a zombie. Living dead. Do the stickland shuffle. He doesn't want you to. He wants you to love. To have that John chapter 10, 10 life. Come on, somebody, so that you can live. He says, you choose. In other words, I need to choose life above death. I need to choose the blessing above the curse. I must choose it. Because in, in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, we read about Jesus' birth. Then we read when he was 12 years old, turn to somebody say, Jesus went to church. This new teaching out here, very dangerous to say the church is the prostitute of Babylon and there's only 144,000 and we don't need to win the last and that's all outside in Cape Town. That, that thing runs here. You don't need to be belong to a particular church. You can do church hopping. That's why you've got a bunny spirit on you. You hop. They hop. Hop. Suhana. Bible says you must be planted. Planted. That you will flourish. Planted. <laughs> the, the, the Bible says in John chapter 15, Jesus spoke about be fruitful. He said, and I have plant you. Plant you. Plant you. Plant you. Come on, somebody. Now, 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 listen what scripture says. And, and so, then 18 years quiet from the age of 12 until the age of 30, Jesus is at the River Jordan. John the Baptist recognized him. There is the Lamb of God that will take away the sin. And I explained that, I think, last weekend about purpose. You are a person with a purpose on the face of the earth. Your purpose is not just to grow up, to have an education, to get married, to have children, to get old and become a grandfather and grandmother, and then die, plague. No, that's oxygen thief mentality. That's existence mentality. That's survival mode. God called you to be significant, effective, that you can impact the world. You are a world changer. A history maker. But I'm going to share with you something. Because and, and then Jesus after the in the river Jordan. And uh, baptize heaven open. And Zell's got an awesome message about that. Because Jesus didn't have a bar mitzvah. Uh, like with the natural father. But the heavenly father spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I well peace. So purpose and identity. And then time. So Jesus knew he had only three and a half years. Went 40 days in the wilderness where and fasting. And then he came out. Guess who's with him? You will always see with a godly experience in the church, the word. We had a revival, the move of God filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess who is at your doorstep and sit next to you? Devil! He's immediately there with Jesus and he knew his needs. If you are the son of God that you proclaim, turn the stones into bread. Now Jesus was able to do it. He multiplied five loaves, two fishes. Not only 5,000 men ate from them, but 25,000 to 30,000, the women and children included. He could do it could have to command a legion of angels to deliver him. He could speak one word and he will be off the cross. But listen what Jesus said. Man shall not live, Matthew 4, 4, from bread alone. His life will not be sustained or upheld by bread alone. There it is. But the truth is coming by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. So my function in this life as God's child is, I must discover what does the word of God says. What came out of God's mouth? What came out of God's mouth? I hold heaven and earth today as a witness. You choose between heaven and, 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 and uh, 
the curse and the blessing and life and death. You choose. Came out of his mouth. Came out of his mouth. John 10, 10. I came that you might have life and have it in abundance to the overflow. Came out of his mouth. So that's the word that I must discover what came out of the mouth of God and Jesus and live by that word because it's that word that will upheld and sustain me in my journey on the face of the earth. I will be upheld and sustained by the word of God. Not fall in love again and say, and Jesus, I love her now more than you or him. You see, all these, oh, no, I need to work on Sundays. I cannot serve God. Sundays belong to God. You see, the process to the promise. We continually fight this thing because when I find out what God said, then the war starts in me. Always between the blessing and the curse, life and death. And when I discover what the word is saying, then you will see there's an instruction, say instruction to the word. And the instruction is never to harm us. The instruction is to show the devil our obedience to God, that he is not only our God, he is our Lord, the one in control, the one direct my life, the one who honors the greatest obedience and honor from my side. Now, I must know, I am redeemed from the curse. God said it in Deuteronomy 30, and then in Galatians chapter 3, and Paul comes with the word, and he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. The curse was three things that cover the whole spectrum of people's life from A to Z. Spiritual death, sickness and diseases, poverty, lack and debt was the curse. Jesus paid for it all. That's what he paid for. So I am redeemed from the curse, from spiritual death. Now I have spiritual life with Jesus. Come on. That's why you can be born Christian, and that doesn't say anything. My children were born while we were in ministry. If a rat have little babies in the Mercedes-Benz garage, that little rat doesn't come out as Mercedes-Benz's. They came out as rats. We came in the world. I grew up in a Christian family. It's all what I know. But I was not saved. I had to come in the process. If you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Well, your parents was Christians and now you're in a... No, no, that's Penny Poloni. Because my parents is gone to be with the Lord. I'm going to stand one day and they're going to stand themselves before the throne of God. You give account. Bible says, what did I do with my life here on the face of the earth? Did you know that's in the Bible? Very quiet. Down to somebody say, you know why people walk on the tip of their toes past the pharmacy? They're scared they're going to awake the sleeping tablets. Listen, I have been redeemed from all of this so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon me. So I'm free from the curse of the law. Now that I am in Christ, I have spiritual life. When I die, I just change address and I walk over into eternity. When I'm sick by his stripes, I've been made whole. He has sent his word to heal me from all diseases, cancer and covet. And I know we've buried people that died of covet and heart attacks and cancer. And we're going to do a funeral this coming weekend of one of our church members here whose son was terribly murdered. 42 years young. But all of that is just a name 
that must bow before the name of Jesus. Because he became the curse so that the blessing can come upon me. Now, now listen. So I am blessed. I'm not cursed. Genesis 1. God blessed them. Blessed them. Blessed them. Didn't curse them. He blessed them. You see, we try to oppose the, the, the process of walking in that blessing. I came out of the Pentecostals, out of the 69s. And they said, how poorer you are, how holier you are. Oh, I remember when my kidney packed up. I just I had one kidney. And um, then the pastor came and said, now what sin did you commit that God punish you? When we battled financially many, many years ago, he said, my pastor, he said, oh yeah, that's how God keeps you humble and he's teaching you a lesson. No! God doesn't have a university of poverty and sickness and disease and death to teach me a lesson. When Chris died, Christians can be interesting. They came and said, now what did you and your family do that God is punishing you like this? My heart was broken. I know how my family, my children, Nikki was that time, you know, she was in a worse condition now. And I know the other ones come and then, don't worry, God will never test you above your ability. I said, if God kills my son and God tests me through death, then I don't think it's the same God that we are busy with. Can you get that? You only prosper as prosperous you are in your mind. Let me really finish. Say, thank God it's over. Because so that the blessing, listen, made place. No more curse. So that I can have a spiritual life, walk in complete health, and live in the overflow that all my needs are supplied according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Now the question, and I'm really closing. Gustav, how do I get to that? Thank you for asking. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. God speaking to his people. If you hearken and obey, there it is. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to. Now, do you know you can hear the voice and not watchful? To do it. I've learned when God tells me to do a thing, I, I don't need to ponder and say, I need three Googles, five confirmations. Let the black cat walk in front of the car, then I know it's the Lord. Don't let my mother-in-law phone me this week, then I'm surely it's God. And I, I cannot. Angels hearken immediately by the voice of God. Psalm 103. He says, watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And then all these blessings, verse number two, two says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and, and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord, your God. Somebody shout in this building. Say it start with a renewed mind. It start with a makeup mind. It start with a choice. And then it is obedience. Is the process to my promise. We battle with that part. We think. God must do it. God, will you give me? God, will you? God said, I've already given it to you. I've already made you heir. I've already blessed you. I've already spoken my word. I've already, I've already. You see, some of you sit here and you need to take your miracle now in Jesus' name. Oh, my word. 
Caleb was in the 80s, he says, Give me the mountains. I'm looking for the Caleb's in this building. You can be 20 and be 110. Give me the mountain. The mountain was the promise. Starts with a determination of the choice. It's not a loftal thing. It's a God thing. It's a God word. You, 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 you need healing. Healing is a promise. You need your family to be saved. Household salvation is a promise. You need the Holy Ghost. His promise is to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. You need a miracle in your finances. He promised to meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, according to your faith, what you believe, it will be done for you unto you. The process, the process. If you keep on fighting, musicians can come if there's any left over here. Listen, because I feel faith is reaching out today. There's a, I feel a right now faith in this house. Oh my word, that God's going to do it. Raboshika. Our viewers, there's a right now faith that you need to reach out. Take hold, harpoon that blessing. Bring it in, hallelujah. And say, because I do the word, I counsel many people. And by the grace of God, and most of them have the same thing. They say, finances. We cannot give. We want to give. We have so much debt, and I, I understand. I said, I can just tell you to leave it. Then it's good stuff. And you're going to get worse than ever before. You need the blessing. I said, start where you are. Give yourself out of calamity. I preach in Paris, France. And I always love it to know what people's future is. And I ask every person after the service, tell me your dream. What do you want to do for God? Of course, with the translator, they speak French. The man that was driving us, he had a stroke, withered hand, withered leg. Came to him, he said, my dream is to build an orphanage in Madagascar. I said, sir, why didn't you build it yet? He said, I don't have money. I said, you have it. Because I want to build an orphanage at that time. Now, you know, we have the houses. We've got to build a children's farm for thousands of children to help them. Take care of them. Have a hospital there and school. And we have a big school right now. He said, what do you mean? I said, somebody gave me a three-carat diamond ring. I shared the story, I think, last week here. Yeah. I said, I'm flying back, flying to America. Then I fly back home. I said, and I'm flying back to America, but I'll come around in Paris to give you the seed that will produce the harvest for me to do what I need to do. Very interesting story. Too late for the devil to tell me it cannot happen. So I flew back, Paris, France. I gave him the solid three-carat diamond ring. flew to America and we preached there seven days a week that's I'm in a meeting and the man starts shaking I thought what the heck is happening whole meeting 10, 12, 15 people you must never limit God and how more I preach how more he shakes I said okay maybe that's how they do it here 
next moment he jumped up he said I cannot take it anymore the Lord said I must bolt you an orphanage and he gave me the money for buildings that you are seeing there we've changed some buildings and stuff and children's town and whatever the key word was when I let go you see we stuck like the Hebrew children. The promise waits for you, but we keep on looking on Jordan. That has a bad reputation. You're stuck in the past. You're stuck with what you have. You're stuck with the diagnosis of the doctor. A few times I nearly died with diagnosis. But here I am. How young am I? 65, nearly few months because I've learned if I want to possess the promise whatever it may be I need to follow God's word man shall only live his life will be upheld and sustained by the word that proceeds out of his mouth but as long as I'm fighting the process I will never come to my promise I will be like a Moses and millions of Hebrew children that die in the wilderness Moses just saw the promised land but he never inherited and God says in this service this morning I called you over our viewers from wherever you are tuned in I want you you are a person of impact your life is meant to count. You're not called to be defeated, hopeless, or without a future. God said, I've made up my mind, Brother Leo. Jeremiah 29, 11. I've made up my mind. said because I've made up my mind Jeremiah 29 11 I know the thoughts I have about you no thoughts of evil not to harm you but to prosper you to give you a future and to give you a hope say new hope Liffy it's over Sometimes we get so tired of being tired of battling and fighting. And the Lord said, and make up mind, will catapult you, I'll put you high above the nations. And this morning in this building, and to our viewers, if you're that person this morning to say, I need Jesus, that's the starting point second point I need to make up my mind I choose life and not death the blessing and not the curse because I'm redeemed from it the curse that somebody spoke over you and said something and uh, you know the toys our family most of them die with heart attacks my mother said I don't want to sit in front of church you preach, you turn blue in your face, you're going to die of heart attack. You know all the detoys dies of heart. I said, Mother, I'm not in that bloodline anymore. I'm in a new bloodline. I'm redeemed from the curse. Whew. It's the presence of the Lord that's in this place this morning. I see yokes are destroyed. 
Oh, it's the presence of the Lord. It falls my life. Oh. It's his presence. Yokes are destroyed. Depression goes this morning. Unhappiness go. Spirit of lack and poverty that try to discriminate in people's life in this time of the COVID nonsense. I call it nonsense because it's not from God. He destroyed the heavy burden and set the captives free. Oh, I am free, free. I am free, I am free. <laughs> if that's you this morning, you say, I need Jesus. I want to make him, if you never made him your Lord and Savior, I'm not asking if you're religious, you go to church, I ask. Do you know Jesus as the living Christ? Oh my word, I see salvations is happening in families. To our viewers this morning, God is in the saving business. Everybody pray over oh, this place, pray with me, say, Lord Jesus, I come this morning to you just as I am. I acknowledge this morning that I need you. And Lord, your word says, if I call upon the name of the Lord, I will be saved. Thank you for saving me this morning. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for giving me my sins and wash me in the blood and put my name in the book of life. Lord, from this day on, I will serve you. I will serve no foreign gods. I will serve you. I'll put you first above everything. And Lord, I'm going to be a doer of the word from this morning on. In the mighty name of Jesus, by your stripes I have been made whole. Thank you for healing divine. Lord, my needs are met. I'm out of debt. There's plenty more to put in store because I am a cheerful, faithful giver in your kingdom. Stinginess will not hold me back because I believe the word above everything this morning. Will you stand with me right now? Just get your bread in your hand and we're going to seal it with the blood. The people that's going to serve the communion there's on your seat a little envelope plastic with the bread in Jesus sweetest name he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities Surely he bore my sorrow and by his stripes I have been made whole. This is a covenant feast. This is not just communion. This is a covenant meal. The bread symbolizes his body. He had 39 lashes. You take every sickness, every disease that you may ever experience upon your life. He paid for all our sins. The ones we did, the ones we maybe still can do, he paid for it. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although he was very rich, for your sakes become poor, so that through his poverty you may become wealthy. It's in the Bible. You can read it. In chapter 9. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows and grudgingly, but he who sows in abundance will reap. This is where God wants you to live in that abundant life. When you get your bread this morning, say, Jesus, this was done for me. You gave it all so that I can be a follower of Christ, a disciple maker. 
I can never come back to church without telling somebody about Jesus and bring them with. Thank you that I'm healed, I'm set free. Thank you for providing because I'm a giver. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law so that the blessings of Abraham can come upon me. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1 to 14. Take your bread and share it with somebody somewhere. Share it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Surely he bore my sorrow and by his stripes I am healed. On the cross crucified in great sorrow the giver of life was he. <laughs> he, did, he done it for me. Somebody say he did it all for us. So that I can live in complete freedom, in complete health, in complete prosperity. I will not be stuck. I'm coming in the process. I lay down this morning my Isaac that's fighting. The process. Take that bread and say, It was done for me. He said, At the table, when you eat this bread, oh my word, you celebrate his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It was all for us. Thank you, Jesus. Take the cup and he says this cup is the new covenant of my blood does everybody have a cup everybody have bread if you don't have just raise your hand that we can give you everybody he said this is the new covenant of my blood how often you take this bread and drink this cup he said remember until he comes it was all for you. Say it was done for me. Thank you for the blood. There is power in the blood. A man pull, pulled out a pistol to shoot me. And I heard the voice say the blood. That's when I tell the story when this lady jumped on him. And the shot went off. I know the power of the blood. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody say, I want to bless you this morning. God's word in his mouth is as powerful as God's word in my mouth. Say so you're going to be prosper. You're going to walk in complete health. You're going to experience the abundance life. Say so you're going to be a mighty disciple maker. You're going to win the lost for any cost. You're going to heal the sick the name of Jesus. You're going to cast out devils. You're going to work the works of Jesus because you are in the promises of God. Thank you, Jesus. Are you blessed this morning? If you're blessed, just wave your hands. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm free this morning. Say, I am free. I am free. I'm free. I am free. Sean's son, come and pray for us and release us. Tonight at 6 p.m. Remember this week's all the activities. Every morning we share the keys of faith. It's to help you. Thursdays and Saturdays we have art classes here that will help you. Phenomenal things that's happening. If you want to know more, ask us after the service. We love you. God bless you. And uh, pray for our sister there. She lost her son. That God will help the family. God is always gracious.
Let's pray together, family. Father, we thank you, Lord, for a life-changing word. Lord, we thank you for a word that challenges us, Father, to look inside, to go back, Father God, to our first love, to make sure that we don't miss, Lord, what you've been trying to tell us for so long for many of us. And I pray this morning that you will speak to each and every one of us, Father, as we make time, Lord, to go back to you and say, Lord, help us. There's a calling on each and every one of our lives. And this morning, Lord, the word that went out is to encourage us, is to lift us up. And it was, it was done and shared to remind us that you love us so much that you gave your only son so that we can live, so that we can move, Father God, and we can live in you. So bless us this morning as we go, Father God. Cover us under your blood. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessings, for your protection, Father. Go with us as we go now to our families and our various homes, Father. Keep us safe, Father. This we pray in and through your holy name. Amen.